When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with Sean Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal. It is 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The Sickest Ottawa Senators Podcast. It's going to be sick. There it is, Nation's Capital, right at high noon. You ready for a little hockey talk, whether you're tuning in live, tuning in later. It is a Friday, and finally, oh my God, finally ascends game day. Not very sexy, not very exciting. It's the New York Islanders coming to town, but I think at this point, uh, they'll take anything. And they'll also take what is tonight a presentation, I think, of the old boss there, TSN 1200. Good old country western night over at the CTC. And I know my partner, who I'd like to welcome in, Mr. Justin Murray, will be rocking with the old Valley Boys tonight, the hockey yeah. game. Hey, what's yeah, better? I, 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 I thought you might have the cap on. Do you have the uh, the cowboy hat? No, I don't have the cowboy hat. I don't have one of those, actually. I always say people from the country don't always wear those uh, to the big events, but you never know. You never know. Well, the true, the uh, true Cowboys, that, that, yeah. the, the, the true, the true Cowboy to me is defined as that's usually when you go out West, you go out to Calgary, wherever. And first of all, you see the pretend Cowboys, Justin, you got the hat, you got some of the other things you got to have the well, Levi jeans. The I, I, well, no, the Levi jeans. I don't know where yeah. they find them. There's a yeah. special source just for Cowboys. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a secret club because yeah. since I was 12 years <laughs> old, I've never seen anybody else wear them, yeah. but they find them. And that's where, you know, Hey, that's Cowboy right there. He's yeah. got the whole thing. Exactly. rock and roll and probably when i turn on stampede every year when you catch up for that oh, so you're a little pumped for it. a nice friday and a little hockey yeah. tonight yeah sun's out uh finally yeah. have a game here so that's exciting um exactly i know we talked about it a little at the end yesterday but um i gotta think uh it'll be a good crowd tonight and uh the boys will be coming out firing i, I want to think so <laughs> yeah no i, I agree I, I think and again i don't know how the body and the mind's going to react I can't remember the exact schedule when they went to Sweden last time around. I know they came yeah. back and played Pittsburgh. It might have even been on a Thursday, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem like the same spacing. They didn't put the same thought into it. But yeah, expectations for lots of reasons. You're sitting around, you're saying to yourself, and I guess I'll say this if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, you hate to kind of play games. And Ian Mendez talks about it. if you got games on hand, you still have to win them. Yeah. But the simple fact when you look at it is I'm not sure what the point totals are going to be this year, Justin. When you look at, is it going to be 500 or just a little bit? over i shouldn't say that probably 90 points but hey right now you're five points behind detroit you got three games in hand and even from the edmonton owner standpoint i don't think they're going to do it but when you look at basically what the eighth team in the west is it's not great and i'll say from the send side though this is the annual trick justin and i'm sure you're used to playing it it's not just the five points 
it's the six teams you have to get over. <laughs> That's yeah. the part that every year, and then you start to do the math and the realization of how much you play those teams, how much, you know, the schedule is going to factor in the second half. And you realize, man, Hey, at the end of the day, the point total is what it is. What? 95, 97 points. We can talk yeah. about all the other stuff, including American Thanksgiving, uh, which yeah. normally if you're 10 points out, you're toast, but we'll see what happens with the auto centers, including tonight. Yeah, a bit different schedule this year, so I think that's not uh, as such a rule for the Sens, just because they have mm-hmm. so many games in hand. But you go, you do have to win them, so um, I think things are setting up here nicely for them. Um, but they just have to play smart um, and come out and play hard. Um, they'll score goals, and it's just yeah. all about the defensive side of the puck and and wanting to do that. At, at some point, the onus has to be on the players as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. They have to look mm-hmm. inside and go. What kind of player do I want to be here, and how do I? How can mm-hmm. I help the team win? Um, and so they need to step up. I mean, these guys are in the yeah. NHL; they're not stupid guys. Uh, they should know how to play the game. And and well, let's guys go easy. That, let's go easy. Intelligence yeah. <laughs> doesn't always make nothing against <laughs> hockey players. Now I've no. got to ask from a standpoint, Justin. How am I looking on camera today? Because one of the things I decided, I made a little decision here. I get the fancy light system, and you know what? I decided after watching a few episodes this week. I'm not going tanning. I don't have any vacations planned, but I'm going away from the pasty white light. White light. I'm actually going to what I assume well, has a little better tone. And my looking tan, brother. You're, you you're looking good. I, I get chirped all the time because I look so white, and I oh, I, <laughs> I don't think I look we'll, like this. We'll be person, we'll be right my, there together then. But I finally yeah, said, my, I'm watching a couple of the clips yeah. from earlier in the week, and I'm like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't have any yeah. hate. I'm not going sitting outside no. right now, and like yeah. I said, I don't have any plans. So I'm gonna yeah. do the alternative. I'm not gonna go makeup. Just gonna switch the lighting system around yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I, I've seen a couple of trips about me on that, and I don't know what to do. Like, I, I took a picture at uh, the oh, concert, and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not that white, uh, but it's funny. It's uh, <laughs> it's I guess it's just the lighting how it is, or lack. Oh, of lighting exactly. Or and I don't worry, but you got a nice full head of hair. You got no, the stash yeah. going. Funny yeah. you see in the picture in the background, and I know the caps and people joke about me going back. I look at the the jersey in the yeah. background. They had an old clip of Mary Lemieux, Dustin, Bob Mason, and Mace had on the old caps uniform, and I still look back to when that picture in your background there to me and it was part of being drafted but even before i got drafted that was just the classic uniform and i know they've had some variations of it and i know they brought back a partial logo but i still think that that logo right there and one of the things i also did too is that first of all most people if well when they come in and they see my jerseys they're usually like did you buy those like do what's the background of the story and then secondly i thought how boring would it be to have my name on the front i thought especially the hockey canada jersey that tells a hell of a lot more story than me and for the jersey i wore there i think i wore that against the montreal canadians didn't even play so what kind of story is that so i thought you know what but that front caps logo first time i put that bad boy on i just thought man this is this is cutting edge so iconic now that's also back to the mid 80s and yeah 100 percent. like it it is a beautiful jersey and and there's some other teams too that like like when you see the canucks jersey that they've been wearing like you're just like mm-hmm. oh how is this not their number one jersey like it's just so mm-hmm. beautiful and i'm not mm-hmm. necessarily a big big care what jerseys are but like whenever there's a really nice one it's like why aren't we using it you know and uh, the i agree and, one and, for me and, yeah. and the canucks one sticks out in my mind as well yeah, and I also wonder, Justin, whether it just comes kind of full circle because I do remember now they made a god awful change, and I would argue in Washington we made a terrible change. But when the Islanders first switched over, I kind of thought, you know what, that old look had gotten tired. But maybe this is part of the trick. You yeah. do return back to it, and I see the yeah. classic Islanders Sense. jersey, the bl- the blue one, 
And, and you know, and the Sens exactly. Like you know, you you come back to that. I think for any yeah. of the clubs, even Philadelphia with the the name bar, you know, some of the different things that you end up doing yeah. there, where you just say, hey, you know what, that's pretty cool. And as you go yeah. along historically, even with Vancouver and Pittsburgh, those original blue ones, man, oh man, who yeah. can get like that original St. Louis jersey to me, the light blue is the most yep. gorgeous jersey in, in the National Hockey League. Anytime they pull that one out, I'm just like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah. ready to rock and roll here. That old Minnesota one too. Like it's oh, it's yeah. funny. I, I think in the 2000s, it must have like learned to do different types of logos and then just kind of went overboard or something uh, with new technology or something. And now mm-hmm. we've kind of gone back to the regular, traditional, um, easy on the eyes look. Yeah, no, no. You know what ended up happening, Justin? I think a, a few things here, uh, quite simply, as you pointed out. One was Disney coming in, and I know Jason yeah. York always has that fun avatar of one of the logos he had. You know, they crossed into a line of a, really a joke, really a cartoon, which I know they were trying to market, but I think it was also the expansion of San Jose. When they came in, that new look, that new color, that really kind of sparked the interest of fans, and then you got into some of the cross stuff with the LA Kings, and then, as you said, I think everyone realized the technology's there, why don't we start changing up our jersey? You'd have new ownership yeah. groups come in. They want to tr- freshen things up. 12.08, just for a little notice, uh, we're going to have Mike Kelly, a uh, good local guy. Of course, people know him from the National Hockey League, one of those great analytical people that can come in and talk really in layman's terms, uh, break down some things. So we wanted to talk to him, of course, about the Ottawa Senators. And then I wanted a couple of contrasts, Justin, one being the Edmonton Oilers and one being the Boston Bruins, just to kind of get his thoughts on, yeah, why an incredible contrast between when I look at Boston, what they've carried over with and how much they've lost and then obviously the Edmonton Oilers yeah just some thoughts because there's certainly a lot of mixed messages and if I was to identify or I should say I put it out on my Twitter maybe I already read it how would you identify the New York Islanders like if I said to Justin Murray the New York Islanders are coming to town what's a couple of words you'd use to sum up the New York Islanders built under Um, Mr. Lou Lamorello well boring uh, you can't use because that's always that's automatic with Lou (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously he always wants good goaltending and good team defense with a lack of scoring ability is how I would describe his teams. Um, They got a, you know, Noah Dobson, I think is a good player. I watched him play. Um, I thought he was a star Mm -hmm. in junior. Um, Some people questioned how hard he was. Um, I didn't think that was an issue. Um, He's one of the top young defensemen in the league with some size and some range on him. So, I, you know, he can play in all types of, situations um but overall you know their forward group isn't great they're just guys that go to work for the most part barzell's i think is a superstar mm-hmm. on any other team um but he probably doesn't get his due there just the way he has to play um but that's okay like on a best on best you know i think he's right in there um with the top guys and fitting right in so um yeah yeah i think it's it's shaping up to be a good game for ottawa um after five days off uh, you know, you could probably score some goals on these guys and, and mm-hmm. defensively maybe get away with a little bit of mistakes and, and hope your goalies uh, aren't rusty after being off. And, and Forsberg had a good game last mm-hmm. last time out. So you hope he can continue that. That said, it'd be a lot easier to, to continue it if it was like playing two days away, you know, instead yeah. of waiting the five. But but yeah. um, there there's there's some good feelings, I think, with the boys. So um, that's what I'm gathering. Um, so... So hopefully that turns into a win. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think the New York Islanders, you look at it and hey, you look at their numbers. I mean, a 31st in shots on goal against. They don't yeah. score a ton. It is about Sorokin. We'll see Sorokin tonight. That's a factor. And really, to me, they're a carbon copy of the Minnesota Wild that we saw the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to be structured. They are going to be hardworking. They're not going to blow your doors off. As you said, to me, Barzell is kind of the worth the price of admission to come watch play. Like he is one of those guys. I come even in warm up. You're like, wow, what a treat. And they have some other guys, but yeah, not a ton of offense. Bo Horvat Nav having a great year. Um, so that'll be the Sens test. And from Forsberg's standpoint, this is, and this is a motivation I think we realize for every athlete. I think the Ottawa Senators have had the trifecta of the Hamburglar uh, to who was the Boston kid that they brought in that you got where you were there then that they brought in from Pittsburgh to save the season, the kid from the Boston area um, that they gave the contract extension Hammond? to. Uh, no, no, that was a Hamburglar after the Hamburglar. But my point being, Forsberg is oh, kind of the third guy yeah. that's rolled in here. That has suddenly it was a it was a fourth round pick Dorian gave up to Pittsburgh. I'm blanking right now, but point being, Forsberg was another one of these guys that came out of nowhere, being a waiver pickup. And realistically, Justin and I love the guy. I love his work ethic. Love the game he yeah. played the other day. His best stretch of hockey for the Ottawa Senators when he was playing for his contract, and he played yeah. hard. And they were meaningless games, but he backboned them. He played well. We saw that the other night, and they quite simply need him to go uh, right back into that zone. That's what the auto yeah. centers need if they're going to get uh, going here. And I guess we'll keep kind of figuring out what the hell's happening with Corpus Allo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Sogard's going to have to come up and, and, and play some games. He's been playing well down below. It's also good mm-hmm. to get him games. Um, but then you worry about Corpus Allo. He was playing well, and he just hasn't played a ton of games. And, and to me, coming into the year or, or during that signing, I would say, that, that's what scared me. You're, you're, you didn't know where Forsberg was at, and then you had Corpus Allo to a long-term contract on a guy that really hasn't proven anything. Um day like year in and year out so um there was some risk uh i mean he's played well so far this year so i'm I'm okay with it but you need to kind of you need to another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Be able to play through injuries or withstand injuries and, and, and play your games, and that's just something we haven't seen out of them. So yeah, it'll, be, no. it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts. Um, it yeah. could just be you know a couple days or or a little longer, I'm not sure. But Sogard, I think, is if it's longer, Sogard's going to have to play some games. And and I, yeah. I don't think that's the worst thing. Um, obviously, he's not a back-to-back guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think he can uh, fill in, and he's obviously uh, probably a more than capable 
to you know play a few games. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think this sets up, and it wasn't by design, but if you're the Ottawa Senators and any other team, Justin, you might as well go this way in a sense of Sogard yeah. had the opportunity to start the year. As you said, and I keep talking to people down in Belleville, there's not a lot to report there. I mean, Sokolov for all the hop and thought, and no. is he going to clear waivers? And hey, you know what? The guy's an average American Hockey League player. Schmeichel has gone down there and he's minus 11. I don't think they see him, from what I understand, fitting into a fourth line role. It really has been about Sogard Maraline, and that's been the strength. Yeah. And as you said, Forsberg, career high, 41 games. Corpusal only 39. And, and again, I only say that because these mystery injuries in Ottawa the last six, seven years, not as much with Craig Anderson, Justin, but just overall, just out of yeah. nowhere. Lower body injury. Now with Matt Murray, he took it to a whole nother level. I mean, that stuff that he did with Toronto as far as being sick and warm up, but it was all of a sudden, well, it's just a tweak and then he's out. And then I think of hearing about tweaks and I think of Tyler Boucher who tweaked his groin the day that camp opened and he hasn't played. No, so we'll see. Uh, and to your point, though, I, I don't think mystery. I don't think it's the worst thing to have Forsberg. And as you said, now there's no doubt as you get into December, if you've got to play Sogard, I think the group's more than confident to do that because he has played well and actually played really well down the stretch last year for Ottawa. I agree. I agree. I'm a big fan. I definitely think he's the goalie of the future. And yeah. he probably, you know, every offseason at that age is is tremendous for you if, if you're going to work um, just because of the size he's at to put on weight and to put on the strength. So he should be improving every year. Um, and it looks like he has. He's been pretty consistent down there, which is, you know, that's what you want out of a goalie um, these days. It's so hard to be good all the time. Um, the players are so good. Even yeah. you see it. Season to season, there's only like five goalies that are have consistent save percentage. Um, and, and a lot of that relies on your team as well. But um, yeah, there, I have no worries with him at all. Yeah, exactly. Just the maturation process. A lot of young goaltenders. First of all, it's the size. It is really getting comfortable. I mean, you go through the list of bigger guys that guy like Markstrom, you get into your late 20s, you finally get comfortable. Craig Anderson, not a big body. And then the other one is injuries. You know, lugging around that big frame, even if you're a light guy, uh, the wear and tear, and you joked about the back-to-backs, not able to do that. But he is primed. He is ready. Uh, Also just coming off of the trip. And he's one of those guys, you don't quite have your stall yet, but at least you have a comfort level of understanding. Again, probably not even next year as a full-time guy but the year after assumption would be uh as you said he is the goaltender of the future and i think he'll be a real good one i've been really impressed with his progress uh his numbers and and just the overall feel all you have to do is be patient and looks a lot like ben bishop uh your old buddy there that you guys brought into ottawa here who obviously went on to have a real nice career for himself in the national hockey league yeah i i agree um i think the sky's the limit when you have that size um and and it just takes some time um you can't force them into the league you got to wait till they're over ready probably and and the fact Mm -hmm. that they have two guys playing well right now you know you can you can hold off on them and not try and make that rush which i think is is key so um but no doubt he's he's the goalie of the future and when your organization has that and and the myth merlinen um (laughs) there i think it, it just makes it a little easier it's one less thing to worry about mm-hmm. whenever um you're kind of planning your uh team three years down the road five years yeah. down the road yeah it's amazing as you go through and plan though and i was just looking quickly at the standings today justin and always you're looking for different things and you probably follow stats to where you want them to take you at times but i was just looking at the top of the standings and it's often a thing used in the industry and people talk about general managers but they also talk about coaches uh why are coaches recycled 
And then I'm just scanning through the standings and outside of, yeah. I guess, Bednash, who I don't know much about. And then a John Cooper, you know, the whole standings. And I guess the, the, the poster child for being recycled as a coach probably starts with Peter Laviolette, probably slides over to Peter DeBoer, uh, Bruce Cassidy. I wouldn't put him quite on that list yet, but you start to go through with Rick Talk and understand Hey, there's a reason why the teams like to recycle coaches. They know that experience means an awful lot. And they also understand in a 32 team league, the difference of, and we talked about goaltending and plans and what you're going to put in place for your goaltender of the future. The margin, if there would be a great study someday, and maybe Mike Kelly has some answers for us, Justin, but really yeah. the study is if we probably did a power ranking of the best coaches of the National Hockey League, pretty They've good chance the majority of them are going to be in the top 16 of the league. They're, they're going to be the playoff teams. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Um, and, I, and I think like you're going to be better at your job after getting fired one time. You're like, if you're, if you're a smart guy, you're going to sit yeah. back and, and, and go, how could I have been better? I'm going to feel more comfortable. I'm going to be able to get more respect after, you know, being in the league already. Um, so I, I think that's natural um, that some of these coaches and some coaches have a shelf life too. So that's why they get, you know, they get hired knowing that they're going to be fired in, in two years or three years. So um, Mike is here though. Do we want to bring him on? Absolutely. We do. Yeah. Awesome. Also like, and subscribe for us, please. Um, on whatever uh, platform yeah. you're using. Absolutely. Mike, I was doing? getting some, uh, uh, Mike, how are you doing brother? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Say hello to Justin Murray, part of the famous Murray family. And Mike's a good Ottawa boy as well. Justin. How yeah. are you, Justin? Good yourself. Good, I was good. getting a crazy good. story from CTV yesterday from one of uh, my old co-workers, Mike, uh, talking about a trip that you guys made at the end of college down to Boston to shoot the Boston Red Sox in 04 winning the World Series. And what an event this was, I guess, in somebody's station wagon. Can you elaborate a little bit on said story and who was involved in that back in, well, I guess, 19 years ago? Yeah. You, were you talking to uh, my pal Steve Winfrow? Absolutely. Yeah, good great CTV guy. guy. Yeah, great absolutely. Guy. The best of the best. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a crazy story. So we were in our last year, I think our last year of, of broadcasting school, and um, the that World Series game was the first time the Red Sox ever won the World Series. So uh, the game ends around, what, 11 at night, 11.30, whatever it might be. And um, we, every week, had to produce uh, a report for our end-of-the-week newscast that we would do in college. And we were doing the sports segment for that week. So I forget what day it was, uh, obviously earlier in the week, but we decided, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we went down to Boston and got reaction from them winning the World Series and made that the sports report, right? Because usually it's like the college basketball team, whatever, just, you know, whatever, all that stuff. So yeah. I didn't have a car, but my parents lived in uh, Ottawa. And so I called them and I said, this is like 11 at night. I said, can I borrow the car <laughs> to go to Boston, to do this thing? And I, whoever answered, my mom or my dad, they were like, look, just like wake up in the morning when you're not drunk and, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, not drinking. I'm at college. I'm with my, my classmates. We want to do this. And like, whatever. All right, come get the car. So we get the car. About midnight, we hop in the car. There's, I think, four of us and drive to Boston. It takes whatever it takes, seven hours, eight hours. Mm -hmm. um, get there, grab a quick nap. And then all the right, what we ended up getting, we talked to like fans on the street and all that stuff. Uh, what we ended up getting was players coming into the, like driving into the car park area. And so we interviewed, um, God, there's a pitcher. What's his name? Derek, no, Lowe, something Lowe. Yeah, no, Derek, Derek Lowe, Lowe is a third yeah. base. Or is he a pitcher or a third well, baseman? There's a, there's a pitcher Lowe. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Was, and I was like, you know, Hey, what do you want to say to your fans in Canada? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Derek Lowe. <laughs> like, yeah. he didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But anyways, it was a cool thing, kind of last moment. And the, the best part is we come back and that's our sports report, right? Like I'm literally doing a stand up on the street in Boston <laughs> and our teacher, God bless her, but like maybe out of the industry a little too long was like, whoa, really great. Like, how did you get the Boston backdrop? Like, we went to Boston. We're interviewing the people. We found people in Ottawa with Boston accents and Red Sox. Accents. Like, yeah, yeah, we got okay. it. We yeah, got no, it. that is that, that is pretty cool to end up doing something like that. And, and I, I, they won. Did they win in St. Louis and then come home after that? Is that where you would have caught the players? So. so yeah, yeah, that was a pretty cool. I was living in Rhode Island at the time and jumped right on the the Red Sox bandwagon. Those are a cruel moment. So obviously brought you on, but Stevie mm -hmm. had passed that along yesterday. And as typical to how small Ottawa is, want to talk to you about Ottawa Senators. And I know the numbers like thrown out. Uh, what are we to make of, uh, and I love how you always put it down just basically in layman's terms, what are you to make of the Ottawa Senators 15 games into the season? I guess not only of what we've seen, but in contrast to what we've seen under DJ Smith in the previous four years. Yeah, um, they're, you know, you look at just a couple of basic things, goal differential, expected goal differential. Like what are they scoring, mm -hmm. allowing? What are they kind of the process behind both? They're 10th in the league in both. And they're 17th in the league in points percentage, right? So I think you can make an argument that maybe they're, you play those games again the exact same way. Maybe their fate is a little better. And they're obviously down there in points. They haven't played as many games as anybody else. So they're going to make that up uh, coming up pretty soon. But um, I, I think all in all, look, they, they, they got off to a, a good start. They went through a bit of a rut. Um, I think they've kind of found things a little bit recently, obviously in Sweden, but even a, a few games before that, um, you're missing such key players for good stretches, right? And Shabbat and, and Zub was out, Brandstrom, um, Ridley Gregg, who has been unbelievable in the games that he's played. So mm -hmm. you get a little healthier. I, I still, like, I was, you know, on the NHL Network, I, I picked this as the team to watch to make the playoffs this year, of the ones that didn't. Like, they are going to get in. That was my thing. Um, I still believe it. Um and, you know, I, I did radio in Ottawa earlier this week and took some heat from Sens fans for this one. We can talk about it as much as you want. But mm -hmm. I said, look, I don't think defensively they've been as bad as people think. Um, I think the goaltending has cost them more than the team defense in terms of goals against if you want to pit one against the other. Um, and, you know, some fans really disagreed with that. I watched this team. They, they turn the puck over. They can't defend in their own end, all this stuff. Um, like they're not elite in that way, but yeah. I think one of the things that happens is you look at last year, they were not a good defensive team. Yeah. And so you come into the season with that thought. And then when you see a breakdown and yes, there have been breakdowns, then you're like predisposed to noticing it more, right? Like if you drive a, if you drive a Hyundai, you're going to see more Hondas on the road. Um, so that, that's kind of my overall take is and the goalies have been better recently I, I'm a believer in both these guys. Forsberg hasn't been good at all, but I think he's got obviously way better play in him. So that gets better. I still am pretty bullish on the sense. Yeah, and you touched on one player. And again, when we kind of go through a checklist of players that are missing or what's going to happen, well, there was no doubt. And I think Matthew Joseph deserves a lot of that credit. But in talk about the, I call him a get or done guy, Ridley Gregg, right from the beginning of the season, along with Joseph, was basically the tone setter. Those two together, Mike, whoever yep. they played with, were outstanding. And and to your point, like I don't know if people, they kind of gloss over that and look at some of the bigger names. Uh, how good was Ridley Gregg in that sample size? It felt like both ways, and more importantly, finding Tarasenko. I don't think he's had a whole lot of the same look since Ridley Gregg's gotten hurt. Yeah, he's got three goals still, right? He, like Tarasenko, to me, has always been a bit of an underappreciated playmaker. Um, yeah, and he, oh, he is a hell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you guys see it now firsthand in Ottawa, right? But I think that part of his game, like everyone would talk about the shot and and – 
but he, so he doesn't have to score all the time to still be impactful. Um, but yeah, I love Ridley Gregg. Like he coming into the season, I'm like, this guy, this is back when we're thinking, you know, Pinto's there and, and everything is going to be what you think it's going to be. But like, he's going to be a disruptive, you know, he moves the puck well and, and, and skates well. Like he's going to be just that, that thorn in the side of guys. And, and he's been that. Um, I, I was so impressed with, with his play this season and, uh, and, and kind of thriving in the opportunity he had. And, and you bring up Joseph, like he's been great no matter who he's been playing with. Like he's playing with, um, you know, Giroux and Stutzla and, and that line's been great together. When he wasn't with them, he was great. And he was the guy that everyone was thinking, well, he's maybe got to go to make room for Pinto before all that stuff went <laughs> down. Uh, he's been awesome. So uh, you get that kind of play out of those guys if you want to call them like, you know, complimentary guys, uh, let alone Stutzla doing his thing and, and Kachuk with the 10 goals. Um, yeah, I just I want to see this team healthy and, and for a good stretch and really see what yeah. they can do. Yeah, and it's funny because I've labeled them the triangle line, Mike, when you watch them. And to me, when Stutzla, uh, it was Greg, it was Joseph, and now all of a sudden you put Drew in that. They're always in that spot almost like a soccer group. They're down low, they're making plays, they're so intelligent. And one of the things I guess I find, Justin and I talk an awful lot about hockey sense, which I don't know how you could ever measure numbers, but I'd always wondered what the hell Matthew Joseph, who I don't think has the greatest hockey sense in the world, had always wondered why he played his offside. What he's playing with now, which I didn't even see two years ago, Mike, was he's playing with pace, but he's actually playing with purpose. Like the amount of plays that he's making now, where it felt like before when you made a play, it was a lot more of a hope play. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this guy is a left a winger. Well, now. He, he, yeah, exactly. Like he is just flat out one of their better players. And if I'm looking to get off to a good start tonight, you know, obviously it starts right with the old, uh, the old triangle line. I like the name. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's where I think, because Joseph's got such great speed, right? And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's good, but you're right. It has to be with a purpose. Um, like there's players you can think of, like just a guy that comes to the top of my head, like Andreas Athanasiu, right? Great speed, but how much mm. purpose does he play with? Josh um, Anderson is my poster boy mm-hmm. for speed with nothing. <laughs> right. So like, I, I agree with you that Joseph, forget the speed, like there, there is purpose in his game and he, he's been so, so good this year. I didn't really see that coming, but good for him. Um, it's been a big part of the the success, like the, even the current line is having, but, but the team in general as well, he's been, he's been awesome. Um, yeah. so you get that kind of play from him. It, it just, you know, it, it helps with everything that they're missing in the lineup currently, but, uh, it's, uh, you, you can kind of see. You can kind of see how this can all fit together really well. I think again, if they just get everybody in the lineup and, and can play a stretch of games, and the the one thing, like to bring up another guy, is with all these injuries, is Chikrin, who hasn't been injured, which is great, obviously. Yeah. Um, and and he's been playing a ton of minutes and and been a good player for them. Yeah, he really has. He's averaged 55 games a year previous year, so you mm-hmm. kind of click down to that, and a lot of it's just been freak injuries at the end of the day. So I guess this overall forecast, Mike, and I use another analogy for the Sens, I unfortunately look at some of the things that are missing still in their play, and I know health, we always say that, but I look at that schedule, and I've used the old book and movie The Perfect Storm, which we know didn't end well. If Mike Kelly, I don't need you to throw out any type of movie version, but what do you feel? I guess it sounds like in your voice, you feel pretty confident that if Ottawa gets on track, gets fairly healthy here, that this is still a playoff team. Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, they've got the the Atlantic division. It's a tough one. Uh, Boston's doing its thing. Florida's better than I thought they'd be. I give the Panthers a ton of credit. Um, and the Leafs and Lightning are, you know, they've got ebbs and flows as they go, but they're good teams. So you got to, there are, you know, it's probably going to be a wild card, but I think they can do it. And mm-hmm. what I would expect coming up, um, 
Like, I don't see Ottawa, based on what they're generating currently and what they've done currently, I, I think they're going to have a hard time scoring as much as they have. Um, but I think with improved play of the goalies, like I said, and like I may be in the minority on this, but I'll be in the minority. I don't care because I just want to be right. And I think I will be, <laughs> is that they don't, they're not that bad defensively. And I think if the goalies elevate their play a bit to the level they're capable, they're going to start winning games, even though they're scoring less, they're going to, they're not going to be giving up a ton of goals if that happens. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I think you can piece together a really solid stretch of games here. Um, but man, they need both these guys. They need Corpusello to come back yeah. healthy. They need Forsberg to find what he had a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it, when you got all these games in such a tight stretch, you need both of those guys going. Like a lot of times with the platoon system, one guy's going, that's okay. You can ride them for a bit. Like they need both mm-hmm. of these guys. Um, but they got a great opportunity to make those games up now and really start jumping in the standings if they can get points out of them. Yeah, it's funny historically, and, and both of them having bizarre careers, but Forsberg's actually had a career high 41, Corpus Allo only 39 games coming into a year, so we'll see that. Forsberg was two years ago playing for the contract. He played so well. Mm-hmm. I guess also Mike can't qualify to numbers, but the, the story here, and I don't even know how you look at it other than it's a negative one, but there is so much negativity towards DJ Smith. And to what you're talking about, every time the fan sees anything, even Spartacat's a bit out of rhythm, fire DJ. Like, how do you look at that in any way? way or you just completely leave it alone or, or i guess i'm a, you're confident then that dj smith's a good enough coach to get this team into the playoffs i lump him into the rest of it i think the team's good enough to get into the playoffs okay. I, and i don't think the coach is going to is is such a any kind of okay. negative that it's going to hinder that yeah so um look i, I know what the rap's been on dj smith um if I'm listing off who I think are the best coaches in the league, I, I, I don't have his name in there. And I don't think that's a hot take and that's fine. Like it, mm-hmm. he's a, all I can do is look at, at the, the results the team has put forward this season and the process behind it. And the process is where you can start dinging a coach or praising a coach um, because that ultimately is what's going to should be more sustainable over the long term. Um, like I said, I think offensively things are going to come down a little bit and that's, that's okay. Um, so you want to look at defensively, and they have not been a good defensive team in recent years. I get that. Um, I can't tell you in the numbers that I value, the numbers that I know have predictive value and certainly descriptive value, I can't tell you that there are real significant red flags. And, you know, people, since I said that on radio earlier this week, have been sending me like, well, look at this, from this site, and whatever. And, and most of it's five on five because that's what kind of auto-populates on some of these. It's a, it's 80% of the game. It's significant. It's not the yeah. whole game. The team's yeah. penalty kill in terms of team defense has been pretty good. The goaltending has been lousy. Um, at five on five, yeah, the team defense it, the, slides the overall back a little bit, but not to an alarming degree. Like they, think- they, they give up the, the fourth fewest slot shots, the second fewest rush chances. So, you know, cycle chances, middle of the pack. That's that kind of end zone defense. Yeah, we don't not have it, yeah. Terrible. So... Um, it's, I think sometimes too, it's at key points in the game that you see these turnovers. So people, or yep. they just don't manage the puck always as great as they could. So, so it, it kind of gets lumped in with that as well. Um, you know, just like there's times I'm like, you could just get that puck deep or you cr- create a turnover for no reason. And then they go down and score. And then kind of maybe gets lumped into the team defense as well. So that could be something. Yeah. Then that's a really good point. Right. And that's where you want a save. Ideally, like there, yeah. there, are, there are times where you don't get, uh, <coughs> or sorry, you don't get, you get into a situation and you're like, well, it's not really the goalie's fault, but 
you'd like a save and, and some teams get them and some don't. And I'm not, again, I'm not hanging all this on the goalies because they've been, you know, the, the goaltending hasn't really been an issue in the last few games. Neither is team defense. They've been good. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you carry that forward, like that's, that's what I think can happen. Um, but yeah, no, no, no teams without those kind of critical mistakes. Maybe Ottawa makes more critical ones at bad times than the overall, which is what I'm looking at. That, that may be a fair statement. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think all of us might tend to f- to focus on the one team. You know, you're looking at a broader view. My part of it at times is watching Shabbat to Batherson to some other young players that repetitively have not evolved as young hockey players. So that's a bit of the part that you take. And to the goaltenders, hey, I'm not expecting either of them to be uh, Sisterkin or Shirokin, but they're mature enough. You just want, as you said, the consistency. Now, let's go to the biggest topic on the planet how the hell do you break down the Edmonton Oilers? And and we kind of talked through it yesterday and we just really, we went from everything. I, I, well, we don't even know if they have a mascot, but it, you know, it wasn't like we, it was the big boys. It was the forwards. It was the defense it was a goaltending. You know, this is collectively a bad hockey team, not one particular area. Your thoughts on the Oilers. Well, the word breakdown you used, I think was a good one. Uh, there's been a lot of those. It, it's been, uh, it's the biggest story in the league. I think at this point of the year, because people had them, a lot of people had them coming in as Stanley cup contenders uh, playoffs seem like hanging on by a thread right now. So it's, it's not one thing when I look at it, uh, it can't be when you've got that kind of, those kind of issues there. Um, you watch them play and you see a lot of significant breakdowns. Like the, the biggest thing for me, and I'm someone that comes at it from a, you know, data analysis standpoint, but it, it, it's a lack of confidence. Like you watch them play and, and nobody seems confident in what they're doing. And I think what that leads to is you got a lot of players trying to do more than they're supposed to do or should be doing. And that creates further breakdowns and issues. Um, guys pinching where there's no support. And, uh, you know, breakdowns around your own net. Guys caught puck watching behind the goal line. Guys caught chasing outside the dots behind the goal line. Just things that should not be happening that are happening. Um, the Again, goalies, like, you know... I, I played for the Osgood Reno Senators. I was a goalie. I should be in the union. I know I'm harping them on them a lot here today, but yeah. uh, they they don't have it. They didn't have it last year. Like Skinner was okay. He was good on a team that could score a ton, and that's kind of good enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Campbell's on the minors. We know what's happened there. Skinner hasn't been great. You know, Pickard's doing the best he can, but that's who he is. Um, yeah. the, the glaring thing that I look at when you look at, uh, again, just – can you get a save? You got the breakdown. We know they're happening, right? You're not absolving it. Can you get that save, though, to get you out of the situation? And they haven't. When Edmonton, if you look at goals saved above expected, so this is in a game where basically based on the quality and the quantity of the shots, did the goalie save what they should save? More or less. When Edmonton has got positive goals saved above expected in a game, so the goalie's done his part maybe a bit more, they've won every game. When they haven't got it, they've lost every game. That's five wins, 13 losses. You get it, you win, you lose, you don't. There's no other team like that in the league. So you can't tell me that that's not part of it. And you go back to even the start of last year, Edmonton gets that positive goaltending at one of the lowest rates in the league. When they get it, they win at the third highest rate of any team. It tells me very clearly they got to win. a goalie. You got to address yeah. it. Yeah. And so it Kevin and Holland just needs to go get a goalie is basically what needs to happen. You have to do it. And yeah. you know, I saw a, a reporter in Edmonton uh, yesterday saying, you know, here's kind of the landscape. Like, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't touch untu- or untouchable. Uh, first round pick is in there as well. I'm like, for, why? Why is the first? <laughs> Give up two first round picks today to go and get 
the goal oh, yeah. you need if you have to. Like I like Mackenzie Blackwood a lot. I know he's had his ups and downs, um, you know, in New Jersey certainly and, and whatever. He plays on a bad team. Raw talent, he could be a top fifteen goalie in the league for sure. Yeah, um, it's also amazing, guys, when you go through the pro scouting. And to your point, Mike, I was always a big Gorgia fan. I know his, his yeah. numbers aren't great this year, but you point to three and, and you go back to Edmonton. I don't think they've drafted a great goaltender since Grant Fuhr. Everything that's come through that system. But when you go back to Jack Campbell, that calendar year, both in Toronto and Edmonton, he was the worst goalie in the National Hockey League. It's not changing. Skinner's average. So to your point, and I use Vegas as an example. And I'll also go back to former Edmonton Oilers Devin Dubnik, who stayed the day in Minnesota. This yeah. is what Edmonton's basically looking for right now. This is where you got to do your job, right? It, it's sexy to go out and sign the big free agent. Now you've actually got to go on and unearth that that Aiden Hill, which we know is actually very possible. It's just a matter of doing the work. I think you have to do it. And and the the reality, I think, you bring up a really good point there, Simmer, but I think the reality is no one's throwing you a lifeline. You know that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you always hear, well, you don't want to make a bad trade. I think you have to make a bad trade. Give up too much to get what you need. Because like somebody put this to me a while ago, and I thought it was so well said, talking about the cost of, um, well, what's it going to take if you want to make this trade, whatever. And they said, what's what's the cost if you don't? Because you got two of the best players in the world, in any given year, the two best players in the world, in their prime on a team that can't win. Um, and so, again, like I... I uh, Getting a goalie doesn't fix everything because there's so much wrong with the team right now and the way that they're playing. But confidence, like no, I go back to the first game Pickard played recently. Um, whatever the score ended up being, five, six, four, I think was the six, final. Four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, four. He wasn't the reason they lost the game. He was okay, but it was two nothing Edmonton. They get a, yeah. a kind of a fluky goal against the two two goal was a kill. It was a wrist shot down the wing. It just can't happen. Everyone sags you lose the game. Goalie didn't lose it for you, but that's the save in the moment, right? Um, that, that they haven't been getting for quite a while. And I guess I want to summarize because one of my good friends is Jim Montgomery and it would have been easy to pick out Vegas, pick out some other teams, but man, oh man. And I use some of the psychology because I really, if you said to me at the end of last year, who's going to lose their job first, Montgomery or Woodcroft, I would have said Monty. I felt like the way this set up, losing to Florida, losing all this leadership, I thought this one's setting up where Cam Neely would be like, oh, thanks very much, Monty, go on your way. How impressive has the job been, not just the coach, but the players, Mike, yeah. but to roll back. And I know the goaltending has been outstanding, but they had every excuse in the world this year to go completely in a nosedive. And it's been the opposite. I know. I know. It, it's it's crazy. Um, I wasn't big on thinking they were going to have a big dip because uh, I didn't expect them to do this. This is exactly what I said last year when everyone's like, oh, they're going to take a step back because mm-hmm. the injuries that they had at the start of the year. Um it doesn't happen. And I think a big part of it is you look at the guys that have gone through there from Chara, what he meant to guys that are still there, Bergeron, what he meant to guys that are still there, even Krejci as well. That team plays with such structure and such discipline. They don't cheat the game. They never, like all the things that you might want to do to, to try to score a goal, whatever, like they don't cheat any of it. And that structure is is there for no matter who's in the lineup. Um, you lose Bergeron and Krejci down the middle. Like you give full credit to Zach and Coyle for the job that they've done. Montgomery for sure. Um, the goalies as well, of course, like you mentioned, it's a crazy start and the goalies have been so good. I think it's a good point you bring up. And now I'm going to get back with the goalie union because I'm going to pop these guys tires, but 
Yeah. Swayman's been, you know, other than Demko, probably the best goalie in the league this year in terms of his performance. Allmark's right there. He's been awesome. That's the one thing that Boston, though, this year, like they're giving up more looks and more dangerous looks. If the goalies come back to any significant degree, which I don't think they will because they're both great, that's where you could see maybe some issues. Um, but they've got two awesome goalies. And yeah, Jim Montgomery, like, I saw the other day, I think it was 79 wins in his first 100 games with the team. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I they think it's also awesome. Don't many goals in. Yeah, and also getting a second yeah. chance, guys. You know, what happened within yeah. Dallas, worked his way back. It's it's actually just a feel-good story. Well, much yeah. appreciated, Mike, and uh, I think for Sense one, fans, just one nice question to Sorry, you. hop in there, yeah. Justin. Sorry about um, that. Just because not everyone um, is into the analytics, what are you, you said expected goals for and against? What are a couple other stats that um, maybe some people that are diving into this newly can look at that, you know, paints the picture for teams? That's a great question, Justin. Um, the, the way I kind of liken it is to you basically kind of peeling an onion. You're just looking for different layers, right? So ultimately, you want to score more than your opponent. Goals for, goals against. Well, what goes into scoring goals? Expected goals is a model that's popular and, and has a lot of value descriptively and predictively because uh, then you're looking at everything that goes into chance creation. So goal probability is what it is. So based on what you're throwing at the net or allowing at the net, what are the odds of these being goals? Uh, that's the process behind it. When you get a real big difference between two, that's where you can say, okay, this team, this is what I talk about Ottawa with their offense. It's probably going to come down a bit because there is that decent size gap there. Um, what goes into those models? Well, that's where you get into different shot types and chance types. Where are you shooting from? Uh, what type of chances? Rebound, cycle, rush, odd man. Um, how are you creating those chances? Zone exits, entries, takeaways, giveaway. You just keep peeling it back and back and back until you can identify kind of what the keys are in all of that. But uh, if I'm a fan looking to kind of understand a little more about how my favorite team is playing or how my favorite player is doing, uh, you obviously look at the results, but then expected goals for and against is, is a great way to kind of sum up the process. And and then from there, you can kind of just, if, you, if you're really into it, watch some video on, on guys like Josh Anderson to pick a guy who's massively snake bit right now in the NHL <laughs> should probably have a four, at least five goals. Uh, he's got none still, um, but he's creating good opportunities. So go watch his shots and, and, and those kind of things. You can get a better understanding of the process and um, you want to kind of sound smart with your buddies when you're talking, you can say, Hey, I know <laughs> you're ragging on this guy cause he's not scoring, but I think a breakout's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and it will. That'll be good for the, yeah. be good for the betting angle. Well, enjoy your Friday, Mike. Always great yeah. to catch up with you. And uh, like I said, lots of great information and everyone's excited to get the send season rolling again. Yeah. A lot of action coming uh, when they get playing again. So uh, excited for that too. And, and thanks for having me on the podcast. You guys do an awesome job. You know, I'm big fans and congrats yeah. on starting it up. And uh, all right. Thanks very much, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, amazing, eh, Justin? Kind of the segues into the different points that he brings up. And I think for Sens fans, um, that is a difficulty, right? Of focusing so much of it in your own team. And yeah. I think it was the least game a couple times ago when Ottawa played. And you kind of watch and be like, okay, you're so critical. There are a lot of teams that are chaotic. I think since 05, when the rules changed in the National Hockey League, we see a lot more of this. We just, again, I think harp on. And what I'm not really you know, so fixated on the, the D-zone mistakes all the time, 
I'm just focused on certain players making the same mistakes all the time. Yeah. That's where my frustration comes in that part of the evolution process. And he touched on Boston, right? Each young player that comes in there and now from Marchand is kind of passed along. Yeah, that's probably been the one thing that hasn't necessarily Ottawa did a transition with just okay older players, kind of the step ons mm -hmm. and real journeyman guys, right? Nobody mm -hmm. came in in their prime other than Giroux. Yeah. And for some Stone reason, maybe that guy that Stone would have been a great guy to keep around. Oh, know, he would have been perfect. Exactly that. Exactly, exactly, yeah. that, exactly yeah. that. And and they kind of miss that, right? Where yeah. you know you don't have that layer. And so when you yeah. try to kind of fall back on it, uh, that's what you see. But I love Mike's work because when this, as I said, happened about six or seven years ago, you know, I'm not a numbers guy. Not that I don't like them. I just didn't understand them. But it was such an argument and the coverage that he does you kind of and i'm assuming you say the feel way when you see feel the same way when i watch him i just quite simply think well if i'm in a war room as a scout i would really appreciate some of that data i, I would not yeah. mind you know the fact that that's mixed in with my eye report and my scouting report yeah no i agree um it's any information you can get i think helps you um i think you don't want to just jump to conclusions because of analytics but if you can kind of match the eye test match the analytics and match the character of the guy. I think that's the kind mm -hmm. of the, the triangle that you want um, of, of if they're maxing that out then you're, you got a mm -hmm. really good player. Um, yeah. 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 It's funny when you go back to the goaltending as well, because I think of, to me, there should be less and less of this. And was it tight? Not Ty Conklin. Somebody yeah, send in that name of the, Mike Conant, thank you. Maybe. Had to get that yeah. off my. But yeah. I understand that makes mistakes can be made still. But I go back to the Jack Campbell one and the bizarre process of all people. Um, Jeff Jackson, who's now the president of the hockey team, you're in selling mode and you're selling to Kenny Holland, and you really don't care what you think about Jack Campbell if you're an agent. All you're trying to do is get a big contract. But anybody that watched Jack Campbell, anybody that knew him, anybody that looked at the numbers knew this was going to be a disaster. And so when yeah. I see stuff like that happen, Justin, you just say to yourself, in that particular time in the National Hockey League, you've got one final card to play. How can you miss so badly? And I'll say that full circle. It really reminds me of the old Detroit teams where until Kenny took over for your grandfather and they tried Bob right. Sins and hey, goaltending took years and years for the Detroit Red Wings to finally get over the hump. Like many a person was traded and lost their job because they couldn't find the right goaltender. It will kill, it will kill GM's jobs, not having a goalie. Um, and, and it's frustrating because um, when you have a good team and a bad goalie, it, it just, you know, it leads to guys <laughs> getting maybe a little sour and, and not playing the same way that they could. Um, I think, I think you need to have a good goalie. I think you make it an emphasis. Um, I don't think when you, when you're, when I think you're rebuilding, I think you can, you know, draft some goalies and hope they work out. I think it's just a, a throwing a dart on those goal on those guys, draft a big guy that could move well mm -hmm. and hope for the best. But once your team starts coming into shape, that's when you really need to, mm -hmm. you over trade for a good goalie. If you know, you're sure um, in terms of Jack Campbell, I mean, the Leafs, you know, all they talked about was goalies and they weren't willing to sign this guy long-term or for that amount of money. So you, I mm -hmm. think you have to question yourself. Yeah. Why aren't they doing that? And then take a harder look um, and, and kind of, am I missing something here? Um, mm -hmm. And that's maybe when you dive into the analytics and uh, maybe talk to some people close to him that, um, you know, like a goalie coach that's had him in the past and, and those yeah. guys might champion him. But um, if you, if you have good connections, you should like hockey's a small game. Everyone knows everyone. So you could find someone uh, to talk to that I'm sure could give you the, the lowdown. Um, and, and when you don't do that, 
you you make bad signings. Um, yeah, and I, and and I, I think get that, it. You know, trying to get that goalie there—that's what they're doing. We're doing trying to get that goalie, mm -hmm. um, which was the right thing to do, but they did it poorly. Yeah, and when you go back to that, Justin, that's what pro scouting is. I mean, it is going into the city and talking to an old reporter, talking to somebody else, finding about the person, and very seldomly are there bad people, but there are people that are going through bad things. In the case of Jack Campbell, I have an eye test for this, and I think I have a mental test for it. I can sense nervous energy a million miles away, having played that way as a goaltender, and I just couldn't believe when this guy came into Toronto – the curious of a nervous energy is, first of all, hunched over, sweating profusely. The other one is he always looking for the admiration of his own teammates. Or if he loses, it's like the sky has fallen. Someone shot in his dog. You know what I mean? He's lower yeah. than whale shit. It's like just this yeah. this emotional roller coaster yeah. that he used to be on. I thought, it's not sustainable. It's not no. sustainable in Toronto. And then to go to Edmonton, you could argue, makes it worse because it's such a fishbowl. So nothing's going to happen there. Uh, and no. let's not even worry about the Edmonton Oilers. It was just a nice uh, to talk to Mike. Uh, play, a thought that I want to get to get before we head into the stretch of games here. I feel like the market has changed on uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. And one of the things I found a bit funny, Justin, is that yeah. I don't find him to be overly physical. But because he stepped up twice in Sweden <laughs> and yeah. hammered somebody, somehow he's now become rock'em, sock'em hockey. And I, I, I don't Killer. mind it. Like I said, I don't mind it. Killer. But I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know that that's necessarily no. his makeup. Or this isn't Mark Borowiecki. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, are you, what are you seeing out of JBD? Yeah, I think he threw some hits in uh, in the World Juniors as well back in the day. Um, I And I think I saw your tweet about it. His his man on man, um, he lacks physical strength and the mano a mano mano exactly, and that and I and I really do believe that. Um, you can be physical, but you know, on a big hit, um, that but that's a skill that's different than um, the skill of defending one on one. And and I I don't love his how hard he is on defending one on one. If he can fix that, fine. Um, then he's a player um, that mm -hmm. you're not mad about having on your team. That said. You know, for what he does, there's probably a guy out there that you could have that's, you know, three inches bigger, little heavier and plays harder and does the exact same thing offensively. So that if I'm a good team, I'm looking to improve that always. Yeah. I know it's not possible in the cap system, but yeah. as how I look at things, it's always trying to improve. Can we get the same type of guy in here for um, that's a little bigger and does the same type of thing? And and yeah, but he is probably a stopgap for now until you can round out your team and that and that's OK. Um do I want him on my team long term? Probably not my type of player, but is he an NHL player? He looks like it. So um, it's, but there's a difference between that, right? Uh, yeah, and think, well, and we, yeah. we throw that term out. I, I don't yeah. know that. I, I, I can say that he's close and, and be honest yeah. with you, if he's able to overcome, which I don't think is any fault of effort, I don't think it's any fault no. of, he's not the no. hardest guy, but he works hard. He's got all the talent. This yeah. is quite simply physically, is he going to be capable? And it's tough yeah. to overcome that. If yeah. he overcame that, I think you'd have another Zub on your hands. I mean, I, the guy's I, smart. I agree. Like, I think I, he, he moves the puck well. I mean, there's nothing not to like other than I've just always kind of looked at him as yeah. being a bit undersized, needs, as you just mentioned. I agree. He needs a, he needs to do the beach body workout, honestly. Like, he needs yeah. to get heavier and stronger, <laughs> and that will change his game. And I know that those, the anyone listening that work trains uh, hockey players probably shaking their head, but, but mm -hmm. that's everything he's lacking is due to strength and size. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if, if he can fix that, then he has a much better chance of being a full-time NHLer. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it's such a huge swing for the organization, though, as well, Justin, because as you go through some of the parts and when he got drafted and I didn't know Lassie Thompson that well, but as you forecast yeah, where you're headed and, and by the time, yeah, by the time you made yeah. the and, and mentally the suit is bad as soon as something happens to the fella goes yeah. sideways. Yeah. But you're really in the salary cap world after making the exchange and all the rebuild that you had, you really needed to hit on one of these guys. Right. You needed in that yeah. spot. And I was throwing around some of the different D pairings, how you'd look at it. And right now, yeah, quite simply if you looked at it when healthy figure out the shabbat situation if you had that right-handed shot that was nothing more than a big space eater right now uh that back end would be in pretty good place and i wanted to touch on and we're not going to go deep in because it's already 12 52 on a on a friday next week we'll talk about the scouting cycle which you were heavily involved in for years yeah. of where the amateur scouts are at now but yeah. one of the things i want to talk about is having players in your system and we did touch on the sends being in a great spot so as far as salary cap a couple of first round picks but the thing, and I look at, unfortunately, I'll, I'm not going to end the show on a negative. We'll say something positive at the end. But I think the swing of the Debrinket trade being done with the seventh pick overall, the recycling to Detroit, bringing back Kubalik, who unfortunately just has not worked out. I guess you probably keep him the year his contract expires. You're probably going to get a pick yeah. in certainly the bottom third. The difference of that seventh pick overall in Korchensky, who's already into your system, versus now the recovery for where Ottawa's at right now in a 2024 late round, first round pick that probably full time, pretty good chance, Justin, is probably going to be 28, 29 before yeah. he plays for you. Like, what a swing for when people That's talk about where tough. this organization's at and a swing for the fences that didn't need to be happen and is really going to hurt you as far as some of the depth that you could use right now to fill one of those D holes or a little bit of help up front. Yeah, I, I never liked that trade. I actually liked the player, so as in Debrinkat, but I did not like the trade because you're pigeonholed into giving him this bigger contract. He had all the power. And when we're, when you're trading for a guy, when your team is not ready to take that step and he has all the power, I think you're just doing yourself a disservice. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it had no chance to really help your organization there was no there was nothing there that told me you need to make this trade um i didn't think the team was ready yet i think you needed another year uh cats you probably had some cap space there to sign a guy mm -hmm. if you wanted to as a stopgap and then knowing that he was going to get that high um qualifying offer that like to me that that right away and that's what yeah. guys did there for a couple of years agents were smart we'll give you a three-year deal with one last year of qualifying which mm -hmm. is basically a four-year deal and your fourth year deal is a high number um yeah. and 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 you knew that so you traded for it when your team's not ready i'm okay with that trade if if your team's ready to roll and you're making the playoffs and you're adding a piece to score but I, I just didn't think they were there. Don't love that yeah. trade. And, and it sets them back. I mean, having a guy like Ker, Kerchensky or maybe they like the kid that Anaheim took. I don't know. You could yeah. Anything could happen. Um, but the scouts have picked well in the top 10 uh, lately. And and why wouldn't you want to give them that? Um, oh, and, yeah, exactly. And, and, guys, and you also, yeah, going back to the swing of that. Yeah. yeah, and going back to the swing of that, Justin, I agree with you, but you do have Boucher at 10. Uh, yeah. You give up 12 for Chicker, and then you give up 7 for, yeah. for that. And Debrinket, that was the whole thing. And I understood, and first of all, I don't know how he got someone to take Murray. I'll say this from Pierre Dorian's standpoint. The fact he was able to even Dadanov's trade, now unfortunately, came back to bite him. But I thought, who's watching these games? So yeah. you make the Debrinket trade, but $9 bucks. You paid $9 million U.S. You didn't move the needle. So you basically spent that money. He was a good player on the play 
on the on the power play. That's it. You flip them mm. out, and now, as I said, it's a shuffle into the deck. Uh, thoughts on the team? One thought for tonight. I use my yeah. triangle line, which is my tone setter. I'm having some expectations or thought that in the case of Kachuk with Norris and, and Tarasenko, good old TNT. You heard it here first. We got TNT. We got the triangle line. I'm thinking and hoping that more reps, more comfort. And I've got to think, Justin, in a positive way that maybe for Josh Norris, some of these resets here were physically, I don't see any issue. I, to me, he looks more than comfortable. But just as a mental checklist, to get that group together, do you have a feeling yeah. in the back of your mind that maybe this is the spot where they will take it next level as a trio? Yeah, I, I think you're probably playing second hardest matchup. So you hope that they can just get going. Um, and, and, and that's easy to do um, with these guys. I, th you know, they could have one good shift in there. They got the momentum going. Um, I think that's with Brady there. Like you can, that could easily happen. So I think mm -hmm. it's a perfect opportunity against a team that uh, isn't going to take it to you offensively. Um to go out and, and kind of have a good game for all the lines and you hope that you can kind of just build and slowly build and, and then be better for next game and just kind of take it game by game. You're going to have to, I know that's the cliche, <laughs> but you're going to have to take it game by game here. Okay. And each game you're, you're going to have to be firing. Um, this is a tough league, but, but you guys, they do have the firepower. Um, so it's, it's really mm -hmm. the balls in their court, I think. Um, and mm -hmm. we're like, we're going to see, see what they're made of here. Really. Um, yeah. Do they want it or not? Yeah, and the other part, Justin, I kind of work and I go off of my own emotional roller coaster in a sense of I hate Monday night ice hockey games. And back in the scouting days, you go through your scouting book. One of the fun thing was to be in Europe. You never had a game in North yeah. America. The only teams in the National Hockey League that played were Montreal and New York, but it felt weird. So Ottawa's got the Monday game. I kind of look at this for this group. You should beat the New York Islanders at home. Not, yeah. not that you're walking all over them. I don't expect that. But to keep that vibe going, at least into Monday, whatever happens to Monday, if I can keep something positive, kind of flowing with the group here, heading into my perfect storm, the month of December, to just kind of get the old ship out there feeling pretty good, that to me is really important. Like it would be a letdown and it would continue to be a story about the coach going into Monday where, hey, win a couple of hockey games, buy yourself a little bit more time, possibly get Shabbat back, maybe Greg, who we see is skating lightly, although that's going to be a couple of weeks, and then... God, before you know it, Shane Pinto's going to be back. So I guess I'm going on a Friday, which I normally do at 12.58. I'm going with a little glass half full for you, brother. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And let's do some questions here just to end. I know some people have Absolutely. Some on a little Friday there? Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you got, yeah, brother. We'll let's uh, fire them up. So from Tim, we got, uh, what are your expectations for the Sens in December, which we were kind of just touched just touching on so go ahead on that. all right no 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 i want you to go first justin okay. fire it up yeah. tell me what you think yeah, for december I, um i i think it's going to be tough but i think it's they're going to be rolling here as long as you know, no more injuries get getting guys back i think uh i think it's going to be tough but i think they're going to like playing every day or every second day basically mm -hmm. which is something they haven't really got to do a whole lot this year um less practice but just constant playing and and i think this yeah. this team will react well to that yeah, part of me wants to change my answer because I love Mike Kelly and I feel a little more confident after listening to Mike talking about Mike, but I keep going back to it. I put too much work in my book, The Perfect Storm, <laughs> and when I unfortunately still see some of the things that are going on with the hockey club, I still see a situation where you've got one line. To me, Stutzla, Joseph right now, and Drew is the one line I can count on at even strength, maybe even the fourth line. So beyond that, and then when I get into a schedule, and unfortunately, you talk about Forsberg, I'd be showing Forsberg tape of the other night and saying, listen, I need that every night. Like, I don't need the fact, and you're a great guy and you work hard. I need it every night. 
So I've got to see it from the goaltending. I've got to see it tactically. And then I do worry both in the schedule mentally, but I think, phys- no, I'm going to point to my mind physically, mentally. See, I point to my mind when it's mentally, Justin. Uh, yeah. Mentally, <laughs> I, I'm still just a wor- I'm just still not completely sold on the group. And that's why I even say the next couple of games. So I'm in wait and see mode. But unfortunately, if you follow the perfect storm, it does not end well. So that's my thoughts on December. Awesome. And then uh, Pat yeah. has a question, I think. Yeah. Uh, you're starting an NHL franchise today, and you could pick any player in the league not named McDavid or Bedard. Who are you taking? I got All right. You, well, now, Pat, when we do these stuffs in the war room, you say to yourself, okay, you're starting a franchise. Uh, is it when the player is 18 years old? Is he 23? Like, is it just the one player? Um, that's yeah, actually I, a great age, question. Age, age comes into it a lot on, on this, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who are you going, Justin? Who do you got? I'm going Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't variate away from that. My guy, mm-hmm. but then again, it's going to be a little on the older side. I'd probably go Victor Hedman only because you took McCarr. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those discussions of prime of your age, what I want to start the franchise around. The one thing I'll say about Quinn Hughes, and I'm a big fan, and God love the family so much. I'm still not completely sold on him in a long playoff as the go-to guy. I'm not sure that that's the makeup for it. Love what he's doing. Hopefully he's right there in the scoring race and everything else. But uh, yeah, I'd probably look for a victor. How can you go go wrong with Kale McCarr? Like honestly, like what a, what a great kid. And he's a, he's a winner as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Um, Cool. Awesome. Well, big win tonight and uh we'll be back here on monday right <laughs> yeah we'll have fun at the country western um yeah. nothing locked up as far as guests yet we'll see what the week kind of brings want to uh, continue i love when we just have some good hockey conversation so everyone nothing for the first better. three weeks here that's turned in uh yep. we've had a ton of fun and take a look at that and, bad boy yeah, we're gonna we have figure some out merch a- yeah, yeah, we got to figure out as we go along here how to get Justin. It worked in there, but um, that was from yeah. uh, Doodling Daryl. Uh, kind of cool little thing there to throw in Echo yeah. the Dog. So T-shirts and sweatshirts and uh, just a little something here three weeks in. It's been a blast so far. And yeah, we're just starting starting uh, the show and starting the and, brand. And But it's been so much fun interacting with everybody. And, and, yeah, and thank you to everyone that you know comments or talks about the podcast. Um, I'm sure people, lots of people have reached out to you as well and just – yeah, they, uh, they seem to love it. I think we're given some good hockey takes or trying to at least and uh, something a little fresh and uh, hopefully we can keep that going. Yeah, exactly. And now that Sen's got some games going, it'll be fast and furious as the month of December. So enjoy country night. I'll mm-hmm. want a full report, maybe even throw out a couple of pictures there before you have too many pints and then throw it onto yeah. the website and uh, give us a little update. I wouldn't even mind a little line dancing. Um, <laughs> and that's one of the disappointments. The CTC, when it had a bar back in the day, I'll tell you what, that was one-stop shop and that yeah. was the best where go right from the game right into the old country bar. Now you're probably going to do a little, are you too old for the crazy horse now or I guess you're still uh, good for that, no. right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I could do it all. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, have fun tonight, brother. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking on Monday. And for all the people out there, uh, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Enjoy your families, as Pierre Maguire used to say, over and out. Later. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with John Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.